Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming tonight. I am absolutely blessed to be up here to share this pulpit with my wife tonight. And I thank Pastor and Pastor's wife, Pastor Lisa, Pastor Justin, that they would have us to stand up here. This is a, this is a big thing for me to be here tonight. And it's a, it's a big growth in our life to share some of our story, where we were, who we are, and what we're going to be doing. So, from the title you can see is the stretch. This is not a gym thing, as Sean thought it was, right? This is not some meathead thing. So, I wanted to talk about what Pastor's been saying for a few weeks. And I can't remember the gentleman that was here a couple weeks ago, if you guys remember his name. Roddy. What a fantastic voice. Um, they're getting us ready to go into the streets, right? To do what we normally do in our workplace or maybe in our friends, and our family. But the people need to hear the word and we need to stretch ourselves to get us there. So how this whole thing started, I'm going to give you a little background. So I was doing a sales meeting, actually a sales, uh, like a two-day training. And I'm at work. And I'm learning all these sales tactics and whatever. And I've been doing my job for 11 years. And it's just kind of like a refresher course, right? And my phone was down to the side. And I, it's been going off all day. And this is like an eight-hour class, two days a week. And then another two days the following week. And I get a text from Pastor Lisa. And she says, hey, do you mind? Because we're going to be out of town if you go up and take the offering and you know, welcome everybody. And I was like, oh, gosh. I've never done that before. I'm like, so I call my wife. I'm like, do you think that I can do this? If we're talking about like basic stuff, right? Like, yeah, go up, say hi, take the offering. She did it, took 10 seconds, you know? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. She's like, you know what would be even better? I was like, what's that? She goes, it'd be funny if they asked you to preach. Is this working? I made it worse. I made it worse. Okay, don't touch. Okay, so sorry. Are we back? Yes? Yep. All right, cool. I'm sorry, guys. So I was like, yeah, that would be cute if they wanted me to preach. Ten minutes later, I get a text from Pastor Lisa. You know what? Just kidding. We'd like you to preach. And I was like, you want me to do what? I was nervous about taking the offering. You want me to stand up here for an hour? I ain't never done that before. I did Band of Brothers, and I, I, st I did like five days of research, and I was up there stuttering and sweating, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do up here, what I'm going to talk about, and then 45 minutes later, I had a little sermonette. So if you weren't here last Wednesday, Amber and I are going to be preaching tonight. We're going to cut this thing kind of down the middle, right, because I've never stood in front of somebody and preached the word for 55 minutes. So anyways, we're excited about that. Oh, I love you guys. So I need a lot of interaction, amens, you know, whatever. I need that pump up, right? That's good. You guys are doing great. You guys are doing great. So I took some quotes that I had uh, read from online, and then I have a couple of verses. I'm not going to drown you guys with 72 verses. I don't, I don't think I need to do that. But um, I wanted to read this. We've all been comfortable in situations that we've found shelter in. Staying in that place seems nice, warm, cozy, easy, relaxing, peaceful, and undemanding of more effort. But is that how we're supposed to grow spiritually? Physically? Financially? Mentally? Biblically? We've been doing a marriage, I wouldn't call it a counseling thing at our house. It's more just like a class. You know, just like a, a refresher course. And we're not speaking, right? And people seem to think it's marriage on the rocks, it's marriage on the rock. So when you guys are like, no, 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 my marriage is fine. I'm like, we never said it was wrong. It's marriage on the rock. So we've been learning a lot of things about ourselves, each other, marriage, finances, parents, things from the past. And it's been a fantastic course. So there's some stuff that I have brought from that into here today. So I wanted to talk about growing in our marriages if we don't move forward in that. Will you grow? Do we grow in love by never talking to people that differ from us? Pastor talks about it all the time. Republican, Democrat, 
white, black. You know, we've got to step out of our boundaries and move into something new, different, to grow. Do we walk out the path that God has laid for us by sitting on the sidelines, being comfortable? No. It's easy to, and I'm talking about me, right? Because everybody in this service has been here, or you came from some other place that you're, you're rooted, right? But it's easy to sit in a chair and listen to a guy or a lady preach day in, day out. You get sort of numb to it sometimes. So I don't know the reason that we're here tonight other than maybe a different voice to maybe spin it a little different. I know they're out of town, but this is something that we're excited to do. Do we grow this church and the kingdom by being just another bystander, just laying waste? So I, I picked some quotes up offline. I thought this was a pretty good one. If God is stretching some part of our life, it's best to cooperate with him because he is up to something. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. When God bends you, he'll not break you. When God stretches you, he'll not snap you. So I, don't, I didn't want to know what Amber was preaching about because I want to hear it, right? But I'm going to get some examples kind of just about our life. We've been coming here for probably five or six years. Actually, Isaac and I and Sean, we were all in a text message from Justin. Hey, Justin. About, I, I want these guys to come every, and he would pray about it, right? I want these guys to come every week, come every week, come every week. And that's a big reason that we're here, because that man put his time and effort into prayer for us. And we, just because we went to the gym or hung out a couple times, we're all here because of that. So for me to stand up here from where I came from, now we all know who we are in Christ, right? I know who I am. I know I'm blessed. I have God's best. The blood inside of me is perfect. That makes me perfect. And that's hard to say outside of these doors, right? So we kind of got to dull it down a little bit. But I was a scumbag, like a degenerate. I had no respect for my wife. I had no respect for people. I didn't care about anybody else. I only cared about myself. I only cared about money. I spent more time in strip clubs and dope, dopes places or whatever, smoking weed. And I mean, there's not one thing I haven't done or did. You know, it was, I don't think I ever did heroin. That was pretty serious. But, you know, anything that you could do when you're young, I did that. And I found identity in that, you know, like all the friends that we had growing up back then. And you'd have to go, oh, well, you know, let's, let's hang out, let's hang out, let's hang out. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's just go drink and drive. Let's find another place to drink. And, hey, man, do you want this? Do you want that? And that's who I was. And when I met Amber, that's who she was. And we based our relationship off of sex and drugs and alcohol. So there was no rock, right? There was no foundation for our life. So it was kind of destined to crumble because we never put him first. We, uh, we got married early, early on in our relationship. Fell in love. I like to joke, she actually just never left, right? <laughs> so she just sort of moved in, and that was it. We just got married. I actually told her. I said, my mom says this is a bad idea. <laughs> okay? She goes, well, you tell your mom. I'm not leaving. And I said, well, I think you need to move out. And she goes, well, then we're done. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. How about we just get married? She goes, Fine. I know we got married. I'm not saying do that. It's not a good idea, but whatever. So we got married, working both together, had faith, our 11-year-old. Around that time, I was so money-minded because I, we were not wealthy growing up, my family, but you know we grew up with money. And then around 10, that was it. 10 years old, I, we had nothing. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers Christian help, but we would stand in line for food. Uh, we had nothing. I mean, you know, like when the best shirt you can buy is from Goodwill or Ross for five bucks, and that's like your wardrobe, and you're like, oh, man, I, this is fine. That's okay. But back then it was like I had five suits when I was six years old, and then at eight years old I'm standing in line waiting for food. 
you know, bankruptcies, repossessions, the whole nine. And I was just like, I don't want this life. I want something different. So I had, and again, from what we learned the other day in our marriage counseling class, I had taken that previous hurt and I made money, number one. So no matter if I love my wife or I love my kid or job was important, I put money first. So long story short, because I don't want to take up too much time, Amber and I faked it for a while. We put more effort into drinking. That was pretty much the center of our life. And our relationship failed. Flat out. Like, didn't work out. Separated. Gone. Signed paper. See ya. And my life fell apart. I went back to what I was previously doing. Drugs, alcohol, other things. You guys can just take your imagination and let it go. And that wasn't where I wanted to be, but that's where I was. And the devil had a stronghold on me at that point because I had no point. I did not want to go to church. God, I hated church. And if I was going to go to church, it was first service, and I was looking at my clock the whole time, and I was like, when's this guy going to be done? I don't want to be here. I can hang out with my friends and do whatever. Nothing against first service. I just, no, that's not even a joke. I just, that's just what I was telling you something, right? No shame on first service. So the whole point of that, everybody in this room knows this, maybe a couple of you don't, but we have put our life and based everything that we are on the word. And ever since we came back into this church, we were talking about it, we just focused. We said, no more drugs, no more alcohol, and we worked on ourselves separately while working together as a family unit to build that. But we had to rebuild from new. I mean, Justin remarried us in 2019. And we got married in 2011, nine. Yeah, I say that one didn't count, right? That was the trial and error. Oh, yeah. So it's a big stretch, right? For somebody like me, or like what even Pastor Daryl talks about, when you hear about his testimony and who he was and what he did and where he came from, to be up here preaching, or whatever you might call this. Am I preaching? Am I talking? Am I teaching? I don't know. But I'm excited about it. And this is the first Timers Club for me, so enjoy it. I got another quote from a guy named John C. Maxwell. Don't know who he is, but this is fantastic. Success is due to our stretching, to the life, to challenges of life. Failure comes when we shrink from them. The reason I put that in there is, uh, what is it, April 1st? We're all going to be in South Apopka. And they're really driving that home. And I had, past tense, I could talk to you about anything, right? I was an A-type personality, and I could say whatever you wanted, but when it came to the word, I like shrunk up. I was embarrassed about the Lord. I mean, up until when I did Ambassadors last year, I'd only ever saved one soul. And I was like, man, that kind of stinks, one soul. Like, I'm not doing a very good job at this Christian thing. <laughs> but, you know, that whole time, being in there for Ambassadors the whole time, it was a big stretch yeah. for me. Yeah. To, I hate reading, y'all. <laughs> Don't like to read. This is the only book that I've read in like, how old am I, 37? I don't know, 30 years. This is it. It's a big stretch for me to read these books, right? They give you book after book after book. You're like, yeah, okay, all right, more books. This is cool. But I think it was maybe more of the experience and the learning. Like I, I gain a lot from writing things down and hearing it audibly so that I can take it out. So, for me personally, to go out and start talking to somebody about the Lord who I've never met before, who's probably not interested, because it's easier to have a conversation with somebody like, hey man, tell me more about where you go to church. And oh, that's like an inn, that's like an open door, right? That's like a, because I'm in sales, that's like a close. Oh, you want to know more about my church? Come on over here and let me talk to you about my church. To do this is, is, is big. We're going to have to get out of our comfort zones. And again, I'm, I don't know where y'all's comfort zones are. This is just me. 
You know, I, I want this bad. I don't want that old life. I don't want any part of that old life. The people that I used to hang out with before, they're not even my friends. I think I have like maybe two guys I hang out with now, and then they start swearing, and I talk about the Lord, and they go, okay, bro, right? And then I pray before the food, and they're looking at me with their mouth open. I literally have a buddy of mine. He's one of my best friends, and I guess it was almost like a temptation. He'll smoke weed in front of me, and boy, I used to love smoking weed. That's the truth. I'm not going to stand up here and lie to y'all. It was my favorite thing to do other than my wife. I just enjoy the way it made me feel, you know? I make a joke now. If I, when I get up there, I'm be like, Lord, you sure it was, was this like a, you sure? Could I have kept doing this? I think I asked that to the pastor one time. He's like, yeah, you can't smoke weed. I'm like, all right, cool. I just want to make sure. <laughs> so I want to talk about um, some personal examples in my life about stretching. Mark Hankins was here probably two years ago, maybe. Amber and I had a total of $3,000 in our savings. That's it. Uh, we had, we, you know, early 30s, and we were, like, trying to save for our retirement. So we're far, we were far behind. 35 two years ago, that's, like, mid-30s. That is mid-30s. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm still young, right? Amen. 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 <laughs> you guys are good. All right, so, I, there you go. So I was, um, I was what you would call tipping. He's up here preaching his guts out. You know how he does that full sermon on like tithing? And I'm sitting like right there and I'm like, oh man, this is good. I'm gonna give this guy a hundred bucks. That's good. And the Holy Spirit said, not enough. And I was like, okay. I think it was a three or four day service. And then the next time I gave like 500 bucks. I was like, huh, that's good. <laughs> not enough. Okay. The last night he said, I don't know where you got your money coming from, credit cards, whatever it is. You can even tithe out of your savings. What? Okay. So, I heard it. Give him the whole thing. What? The whole thing? Well, yeah, he gave me a number. I don't think it's bad to talk about that, right? And we're giving to the kingdom. I gave $3,000 to that ministry. Now, I clear with my wife. I was like, are you you hearing this? Did the Holy Spirit tell you that too? She agreed with it. Great. Gave it, and they, I think Pastor talks about that, or or, uh, Mark has talked about that. If it doesn't make you, if it doesn't get you like sweaty, like six months later, you're not like, oh, Lord. So, Fast forward to last year, I was in Band of Brothers, and I had a list. I write a list out every January of uh, goals that I, we would like to accomplish as a family. And it's like, hey, whatever. Do you want to paint the house? Paint the house. Do you want to get another dog? Hopefully not. Get another dog. <laughs> so we had a goal. I sat down with one of my best friends, and uh, he said, hey, man, you're about 15 years behind on your retirement. <laughs> so this is the number you need to save every year. And I went, okay. That's, that means I have about uh, two, like, small amounts of dollars to work with every week. You know, from going to like whatever I wanted, right? Because again, I had put the dollar above things before. So looking back on that offering that we had given, it was a large number. I'm not going to tell you the number, but it was a large number. If you were in Band of Brothers, you know. We not only hit that goal and exceeded it by another 30,000. And to me, this is not bragging. This is just the Holy Spirit, right? This is just talking. We had three grand. And then there was nothing. And then I went, okay. And then one year later, maybe like a year and a half, I can't remember, right? This big number. And we hit our goal and I was like, Wow, that was a stretch to get there. Like, that was a lot, you know? Like, everybody thinks a dollar is different, right? You might think a dollar is whatever. Somebody over here might think a dollar is nothing, 50 cents, whatever. Maybe 10 grand you give to an offering every week. That God bless. It's what you have, right? But that was a big stretch for us. Uh, the reading part I told you guys about. 
I don't enjoy reading or I didn't enjoy reading. I'm not going to say that I don't enjoy reading because then that puts something on me. So I love to read the Bible. And like I had explained earlier, it was a stretch for me to go to school to read the word, to open the word in front of somebody and say, hey, man, you know, we were just talking about it. Let me bring that to you here. And to find it and to remember the things that we had talked about. Because before it was like in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. It never really rang free in my life. Like I never really like hung on that word. So now when I write these things down that pastor talks about or the Holy Spirit will tell me something, like sometimes he'll be up here and I'm like, he's preaching about, I don't know, let's just talk about finances. And then over here talking about like saving souls. I'm like, okay, Holy Ghost. And I'm just writing notes down. And I'll, I'll use that when I'm talking to customers. Like I, my job now is not, I don't get my worth from my job. That's a place for me to make money, right? That's not who I am. That's just means for me to make money. And I might have, I think my vice president is watching tonight, maybe even my president. I love you guys. I love my job. But it's not who I am. Because I don't put my worth in the dollar anymore. I have moved past that to making myself available for the Holy Spirit to speak through me so that no matter where I go or what I do, those downloads that Pastor talks about or Mark Hankins or whoever come in and I go, hey, I got, a, I got something for you. I'll talk about that. Amen. And it doesn't matter to me anymore now if it's a, like, hey, you're going to lose this account if you keep talking about Jesus. Well, whatever. Because it's just money. I don't care. What am I going to do? I'll get more. I believe that. I believe in increase. I'm not sitting here going like, oh, whatever, don't matter. I'll just live on the streets. No, I'm not doing that. Strengthen your ear to hear him. If you don't have a, I know you guys do. Maybe I'm talking to somebody out there. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Ghost and you're not hearing him, what, what, what are we doing? Right? You have to hone in that ear. You have to hone in that time with him that you, you spend. And how do we do that? Reading your word. Spending time with him. Prayer in the morning, prayer in the day, prayer in the night, speaking in tongues, dancing in the Holy Ghost. I had already told you guys, I guess I gave that one up about, you know, putting other things in front of my wife. But an example, we have to put God first. Then we put our spouses. I didn't, I, didn't, I heard this yesterday. You guys helped me out here. Do we put our parents above our kids? Or is it then is it kids? Kids. Okay, thank you. And then the other bullet point that I had made and is walking in love with everybody that's around us, right? And that can be rough. I was the guy who would follow you home if you flicked the bird on me on I-4. Yes. <laughs> because I thought I was a tough guy. So I went from being like a real little skinny guy Right? It's 176 pounds when Amber and I got married, when I was 26 years old. I weighed 240. Some of that's lasagna. <laughs> but I kind of, again, I had put something else above the Lord. I had put like, oh, I'm, I'm getting tired of getting pushed around. So I used to just, whatever. If I was walking and somebody was walking towards me, that was it. We were either going to butt heads or you were going to move. So to go from that now to like, hello, I love you. <laughs> hello, stranger. Oh, my God, please let me open the door for you. Guy on I-4, give me the bird. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but that's more time, right? That's stretching. That's from glory to glory to glory to glory. So I have a couple of verses I want to go over. What am I doing for time? I know, but how much more do I have? Okay. Colossians 1, 9 through 10. New King James. Wait for everybody to get there. Hallelujah. I don't know about you guys, but I like to highlight stuff. These are my notes. And I like to look at stuff that drags my eye. So for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, 
do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding that you will walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. When I was looking for verses, I was like, what's a verse that goes with stretching? I don't know, right? Because, again, didn't like to read. So I'm looking in my little Bible app going, all right, Lord, what are we talking about for stretching? How can I find this? And this one popped up, and I thought it was pretty good. Next verse. 1 Timothy 4, 12. Through 16. Yeah, thank you. I'm just waiting for everybody. I know how it is for me, right? Sometimes I'm like, where's Timothy? <laughs> I don't care. I'll tell you guys a straight truth about me. It don't matter about nothing. I don't care what anybody thinks. I, I got this one in New King James, and then I want to read it in the Amplified as well, because the Amplified... I know they make fun of it, right, more words, but there's some serious stuff in there that you're like, wow, that's a good way to think about it. So let no one despise your youth. Be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Hallelujah which was given to you by the prophecy of laying of hands by the elders. Meditate. I highlighted that word. On these things, give yourself entirely to them. That your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself, to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Meditate on the word and give yourself entirely to it. That's a stretch, right? We can hear it, but do you use it with your friends? Like when we go to the gym? Justin, what a blessing that kid is. He might be like mid-rep. He's like, do you know about Jesus? <laughs> I love watching him walk around. It brings me joy. I want to read in the Amplified. Can that switch? Is that the Amplified? Okay. Let no one look down on you. Because of your youth, be an example. Set a pattern for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, moral purity. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of the scripture. Hello! Yeah. To preaching and teaching the sound doctrine of his word. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, the special endowment which was intentionally bestowed on you by the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you guys sit with that, but my God, that runs deep for me. I'm intended to be up here. My wife's intended to be up here. You're intended to preach to your boss. You're intended to speak to that person at McDonald's. You're intended to talk to that guy at the gym. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Not just sitting around, hearing word. Okay, that was cool, man. Hey, what do you want to eat later? And I know we all hear this every week, right? Pastor talks about this all the time. I don't leave nothing in the crock pot. Yes, sir. We don't. But then, I don't know, how many of you guys, six hours later, were like, what did he talk about? What did he preach? Some of you won't admit it, but I've done it. Because I'm not meditating on that. I'm not giving myself to it. Yeah. Where was I? Practice and work hard on these things. Practice and work hard. Practice and work hard. Stretching. Practicing working hard. From one place to another. Be absorbent in the complete occupied in your ministry. So that your progress will be evident to all. We're a beacon of light everywhere we go. Right? Don't hide at home. Don't hide in your car. 
you see a guy or you're a girl or whatever and the Holy Spirit hits you, don't sit, don't sit there. You're going to miss something. And that person's going to miss something. And then maybe that comes down the line even further. Maybe somebody like 10 persons down from that person just because you were going to say something to them and you didn't because you were afraid because you didn't want to come out of your comfort zone. You didn't want to push that boundary. Man, I'm getting jacked up up here. This is nice. I got to wrap it up. I still got a page. That's fine. We're going. Pay close attention to yourself. Concentrate on your personal development and the teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold, hold them. Hold on to that. Don't let that go. Don't let somebody else tell you what they want you to hear. You tell them the truth, no matter what it costs. Do this. And you will ensure salvation both yourself and for those who hear you. Man, I could, I could wrap it up right there, but I don't. I got another one. <laughs> this one's pretty good. Job 8, 7. Same thing here, New King James and Amplified. This is very small, but to the point. And though your beginning was small, your later days will be great. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I received that. Amplified says, though your beginning was insignificant. Before I came here, I was insignificant. I made no sense in the world. I wasn't supposed to be doing this. You will greatly increase in the end. Hallelujah. Next, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. This is kind of lengthy. But I'm going to read it out. For though by this time, is everybody there? I'm sorry. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. I like saying it that way. The child. We all watch that Mandalorian thing on Disney+. Plus. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. By this reason, they have exercised, stretch, to discern both good and evil. I had to look up a word in the Amplified before you guys got here because I was like, Amber, I don't know what the meaning of that is. And she looked it up really quick for me. So in the Amplified, I'm just going to read that again, right? Concerning this, we have much to say and it is hard to explain. Since you have become dull, and sluggish in your spiritual hearing and disinclined, which is unwilling to listen. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, this is very repetitive, but this is good for me. And if anybody else is catching it, God bless. Because at this time you need to learn the truths. You actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to continually need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled. In righteousness, since we, he, oh, I'm sorry, since he is a spiritual infant. Boy, this is some deep stuff, right? Like you read the Bible and you go, oh man, this is really great. What he did for me on the cross. But then you read this stuff and you're like, Lord, heavy. Solid food is for spiritually mature whose senses are trained, practice, training, practice, training, training, practice, stretching, to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. So I wanted a couple of things I wanted to do before Amber comes up here and preaches her guts out. I'm excited to hear this one too, guys. Um, Hone in on what God's plan is for you. So we talked about it earlier, like having a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Somebody used to ask me that before. What's what's your calling? And I was like, I don't know. I got no clue. What's my calling? I don't know. Do you know what my calling is? Can you help me with that? From reading the word, from hearing the word, from having conversations with people, from praying about things, 
I can tell you that my job is to increase the kingdom. Right. And I'm not going to get there by singing some songs in my Prius on the way to work and letting Billy or Johnny or Jimmy tell me how much of a crappy day they're having and me going, yeah, okay, great. That's cool. It's not going to happen. I have to come out of that comfort zone and tell people what is on my mind and it's not me, it's the Holy Ghost. And if you don't do that, I think you will hear less and less and less and less and less. And then one day you just are like this. Where'd you go? What happened? And then you're kind of lost. Walk with him every day. I'm going to share something with you guys and don't laugh at me. <laughs> Spiritual laugh is cool. I like that. So I have to walk the dogs. No, I'm sorry. I get to walk our dogs in the morning. So since we had the baby, uh, I have taken over the dog responsibilities. And again, I love to sleep, right? Because two kids, four animals, wife, boom. Church, three, four, five, six, seven days a week, depending upon what you're doing here. Right, we live here. I eat, sleep, breathe this place. Every time the door is open, I'm here. And then we got soccer, we got games. Now we got dance, we got Bible school. I got the gym you throw in there. Hey, there's no time for none of that stuff. But in the morning, I spend my time walking my dogs. And I get up around like 6:15, 6:30, feed them. And right as it's about to crack open in the light, I, as soon as I walk out of my door, I got both of them, and I start praying in tongues. Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Thank you for this day. Thank you for everything I have. Hallelujah. Thank, blessed am I coming in. Blessed going out. In Jesus' mighty name, everything I touch prospers. Hallelujah. You want me to dance? Okay. And here's me walking my two golden retrievers <laughs> down the street, praying for people. Maybe I walk by 872. I'm like, 872, blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're going to have a great day in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's me in the morning. And it's become, become my favorite time. Because I don't care. In the morning, you're ready. I'm rocking. I'm rocking and rolling. Just like when anybody who works out in the morning. Anybody work out in the morning? Well, your day is ready to go. Nothing. You can't tell me anything different. Let him guide your pathway. We all know that, right? That's easy. Stay with him. Focus on that. Be an example to those around you. I said that earlier. Don't let, don't let the situation around you drive what you're going to say or not. You be the leader. You be the pathway. You be the light. I'm in a sales job. I've been doing it for 11 years. I love my job because I love the people. And I'm blessed with what I have been given. Because me personally, here's another secret. I didn't graduate high school. I thought women and partying and other things were more fun. So by the time I walked into senior year, the guy who sits down with you at the end and says, where do you like to go to college? He said, hey, man, guess where you're going next year? 12th grade. I said, what? Yeah, man, you've got like sophomore credits. So you're going to need to do summer and a whole nother year. And I was like, yeah, forget you. So I went and got my GED. Think what you want. Don't matter to me. Been working since I was 14 years old. I had two jobs at 15. You know when you play the game Life? Another game? I always choose work. I never choose college. I'm like, forget that. I'm getting paid now. I'm going to work it. I ain't got to pay no debts, no loans back. So that's just me. Anyways, so not going to school didn't hinder me, but it did initially. But again, that's where I thought I had my worth from, right? I was letting people tell me, oh, man, well, you can make uh, six bucks an hour washing dishes. I was 21 years old. I had no job for a while. All I want to do is smoke weed, sit around, let my parents pay for everything. I was married at 26. It was a big shock, guys. Five years going from living in my parents' house to making my own money and rolling through life. But I used that to stretch me. My job is fantastic. Where I am now is only because of what he has blessed me with. The people in my life, my boss, my boss Joe, 
he came to me when I, I used to, um, I've had many jobs, but I had my CDL for a while and I was a water delivery guy. Anybody ever seen the water delivery guy from Zephyr Hills? Okay, so I was making like okay money. But I would come home like every day and we were in the red every month. I mean, Amber and I were pushing faith around, going through people's trash, recycling bins, picking up coupons. And I'd be like, oh, there's a baby toy. We could take that home. And we're walking through, like kind of embarrassed. And then we, hey, mom, dad, can I get 300 bucks, 200 bucks, 100 bucks? You know, like, you know, when pastor talks about the little clicker thing to go get food, we were like, all right, that's it, we're out. You know, shopping at Goodwill for clothes. Yep, I'm on my way. I am so sorry, I'm taking up your time. Anyways, from that person to the person in front of you had to gain knowledge, wisdom, understanding, the word, to continue to move forward, right? Because I, I would never believe that I would be here today talking to you guys and what I, have, what, what I have for a living, what I have blessed with me. It's crazy. Let your light shine bright. Don't be afraid. We talk about that all the time. I pray with my daughter every morning. We pray on the way. I got this from... Uh, your mom. I pray every morning with faith. And then once we're done and the words run out, that's it. Tongues. For like 10, 15 minutes. And every day I said, Faith, you be a beacon of light to these people. She's 11 years old. You shine bright in that school. For those teachers. I don't care. You just be you. You be a, light. You be a beacon. Be used wherever he needs you. Be available to be used where he needs you and the time that he needs you. This is the last thing I have to say. I apologize. Like a tree planted in healthy soil, continue to grow and dig your roots deeply into his word, the living water that God has planted for you to continue to do the, I'm sorry, plan for you to do. And continue to do that until the comfort zones or boundaries that you have put up in your life are no more. Stay strong in your faith. Be free from fear, doubt, disappointment, rejection, nervousness, or whatever is holding you back from where you are to where he needs you to be. Don't stay in that box. Break free and stretch your boundaries beyond what is natural for your mind has set forth and allow the Holy Ghost to use you for what he has intended you to be, a soul-winning, gospel-preaching teacher of the word. Thank you. Can you guys hear me? Okay. So... um, Zach is right. We have grown so much from from this church. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit more details on our past. Um, When we first walked into these church doors, um, we didn't want to be coming to church. I I grew up in church, but I really was rejecting the Lord, and I pretty much was just turning my back to him and living in the world. I wanted to go to a big church because I wanted to sneak in, sneak out. I didn't want to make eye contact with anybody. Um, I didn't want anybody to get to know me because I put my identity in my past mistakes, um, things that I had done wrong, uh, poor choices, and I was full of a lot of guilt and shame. So I remember walking through these doors, and some of you can probably remember that, um, I didn't want to make eye contact with anybody. I didn't want to be friends with any women because I was afraid that they would find out my past and they wouldn't want to be my friend. Um, But God has completely turned our life around. Um, You know, when we first started coming here, we were not consistent. We were coming periodically on Sundays and we were, we were smoking weed every night because it was a way for us to just let time pass without having to deal with anything. We could be around each other and we could deal with the past hurts and things that we had did to one another. Um, you know, we were divorced. We had been divorced for about three years. We had just made a decision to live back in the same house together. And... Part of that decision was because I didn't want another woman in my daughter's life, and he didn't want another man in his daughter's life. We looked at each other, and um, he, he looked at me, and he said, Amber, we're going to live in this house, and we're going to raise our daughter. I don't know if I can ever forgive you for what has happened, and I'll never remarry you, but we're going to live in this house, and we're going to just raise her and figure it out. And some of you, 
have watched those Jimmy Evans videos um, and have seen for a woman some of the most um, critical things is security. It was really hard for me to hear that because I had a really low self-esteem because I got my identity by my past and poor choices, which the devil wants you to get your identity from those things because he wants to keep you suppressed. He wants to keep you in condemnation and he wants to keep you in that point because he doesn't want you to know your worth. He doesn't want you to know that he's beneath you. He wants you to keep you paralyzed and handicapped so you can't do anything for the kingdom of God. So I was in that place and I just sat there and I thought, well, I have to deal with the consequences of my sins. I have to deal with this. I have to pony up and deal with it. I was the type of person where I ran from all my mistakes. It was easier for me to just get in a new relationship or go find new friends. I didn't want to face any of my problems. Um, We had gone to counseling, and our counselor looked at us and said, I don't think I can help you. I don't think I can help you. And for those of you that have gone to counseling, sometimes counseling, you spend so much time talking about the problems, and that doesn't help you. It doesn't set you free. It keeps you in the same place you are where you're surrounded by the problems, and that's not the way that God intended it. And when Zach looked at me and said, you know what, we're going to work on ourselves. And I knew love as manipulation and control. That's what love was to me, and I tried to manipulate and control, and I didn't want to hear that because the devil got in my head, and I started to get in fear, and I was afraid that once our daughter's grown, he's going to just want, he doesn't need me anymore. He's going to kick me out and doesn't want me. But I'm here to tell you that we will be married now for three years. Never thought that day will come. Um, but God is a, is a restoration God. He wants to take whatever situation you're in, and he's going to restore it. And he's going to restore it into a place that it is completely unrecognizable from where it was before. We joke about that um, because there was a moment uh, we were both praying for a new husband and a new wife, and God brought us a new husband and a new wife in each other. Um, So I want to read something really quick from Deuteronomy 30, verse 2. When you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul, according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you. And that's exactly what he did in our life. Um, Our fortune was our family. That's what we wanted to have restored. But I had to be patient in that. I had to deal with, you know, rebuilding trust. Um, And there were some adjustments that needed to be made in our lives. Um, we needed to realign God to be the priority. So we started, you know, when we were coming to church here, we, we stopped smoking weed. And we said, you know what, um, we're going to be consistent on coming. We're going to come every Sunday. We're going to come every Wednesday. And we're, we're going to make some adjustments there. If you spend enough time in church, um, it starts to have you make adjustments. You're going to start making changes. You're going to become aware of things in your life. He's going to remove the junk out of your life so that he can fill it with the goodness of him, so he can fill it with his love. Um, There was a moment we were in Captiva Island, and um, we were with some of his, Zach won a trip um, for sales, and I went with him, and I really didn't want to be there. I wanted to spend time with him, but I still was very insecure, And um, I had a lot of things going on in myself. And I didn't want to be around other people that he worked with because I didn't want them to judge me based on my past. So they were all drinking. And Zach and I, when we decided to make things work, we we cut alcohol out. But the weed took a little bit longer to get rid of. Um, So I didn't want to be around them. I I didn't want to be around a bunch of people drinking and all of that. And it caused a big argument for us. And the next day, we did a half-day um, shelling event at North Captiva Island. I don't know if anybody has been to Captiva Island, but um, North Captiva, you can only get there by boat, and it's well-known for its shells. So we get there, and I had great expectations to get a bunch of shells. I wanted sand dollars, conch shells, and all this stuff. We get there, and there's, like, nothing on the shore, nothing different than what you'd see at New Smyrna or Daytona Beach, and I was highly disappointed. And... That weekend, I was crying out to God. Some of you have been in that place before where you just, you, you want God to become real to you. 
And I said, Lord, I, I want a conch shell. And I'm in the water. And he goes, well, then ask me for a conch shell. And I said, okay, I want a conch shell. He goes, put your hand in the sand. I put my hand in the sand. And I pulled out a conch shell. And I was like, well, can you do it again? He's like, absolutely, I can do it again. I put my hand right down in there, about, you know, six inches in the sand, pulled out another conch shell. I said, well, I want a sand dollar too. You can't do it for a sand dollar. And sure enough, he goes, put your hand in the sand. And, he, and I pulled out a sand dollar. But that was something that really hit home for me because it let me know that God is a very personal God. He's, he's not just somebody that you turn to when you have a problem in your life. He hears you when you cry out to him. And he wants you to know that he's listening to you. He's there. He's real. He's your friend. He's your helper. Um, and that really started to, to change some things for me. Um, but I put so much emphasis on forgiveness from Zach. Um, and you know, he told me he didn't know if you could ever forgive me. And then one day he looked at me and he said, I forgive you. And I expected some huge weight to be lifted off my shoulders. I expected this black cloud that was following me for all this time was going to go away and it didn't. And I remember laying in bed and I was just like, Lord, I don't feel any different. I thought that his forgiveness was what I was searching for. I was trying to prove my worth to him by trying to cook all the food, clean the house. I was trying to regain his love and forgiveness by works. And it doesn't work like that, you know. Um, and I'm laying in bed, and I had the Bible in my hand. Now, I didn't read the Bible then, but I knew that if you wanted to get close to God, you did it through the Word. So I'm holding on to the Word and had a piece of paper, and I wrote down all of these things about myself that were not good, all of these words. And I said, Lord, I need you right now. I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. And that night, I had a dream. I'm not going to go into all the details of the dream. At the end of the dream, someone looked at me and said, we've seen your olives develop and you went black. For whatever reason, that freaked me out. I woke up in a sweat. I was um, really emotional. And I said to God, I said, Lord, I need you to speak to me right now. I'm laying in my bed. And I was not someone that read the Bible. And I went downstairs and he goes, you need to pull out Isaiah 52. So I, I went to Isaiah 52 and it says, awake, awake, O daughter of Zion. And right there, I knew that God heard my cry. He knew what I was going through. Um, and it said, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off the dust. Rise up. Sit enthroned, which is in a, a position of authority. Know your worth. Jerusalem, free yourself from the trains on your neck. Um, and in that moment, I realized I had never forgiven myself. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to forgive myself for things that I had done. When I forgave myself, all the chains fell off. And in, in shortly after that, I was able to finally receive the love that God had for me. I couldn't do that because I was keeping myself in bondage. I was keeping myself in chains because of my past. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to be defined by your past. But I'm not identified by my past. I'm identified by Jesus. I am chosen. I am redeemed. I'm forgiven. And I am loved by the Most High God. And I am a joint heir with Christ. I am all of these things. I'm not defined by the dumb mistakes that I made. And so I, I went in a little deeper and I asked the Holy Spirit to show me more about that dream. And I realized that the symbolism was that I was an olive tree and my, my olives developed, but I went black. So I was just doing research and the Holy Spirit I thought was taking me on this, you know, I, I thought I was going down a rabbit hole, but he really was actually trying to show me something. What they do a lot with, with trees and plants, they will graft them. They'll take a twig or a piece of a healthy plant and they will um, put it in to the side, um, and that plant will actually take on the identity of that graft. And the Holy Spirit said, that's what you need to do with Jesus. You need to be transformed by the blood of Jesus. And when you receive that, you'll receive my love. And it's from 
his love, you need to have a revelation of his love and what he did for you in order to be able to really love yourself and love anybody else. So that's what really woke me up. Um, now, of course, there were several adjustments along the way. He, he stretched us, you know, in our finances. Um, Zach was, when we got married, his mom used to go into his checking account and take 10% out to the church, and it really made me mad. I was like, what are you doing going into this checking account and taking 10% out? Um, I'm like, what's going on? He doesn't even go to that church. You know, what difference does it make? And the moment we stopped he lost his job shortly after that, and then we were broke for such a long time. Um, but when we were coming to church here, it was easy for Zach to tithe because he, his mother, you know, his parents tithed, um, and I wasn't a consistent tither. And I was reading the Bible one day, and the Lord said, you're stealing from your husband. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not stealing from my husband. He goes, yeah, you are. You're one person. You're one person. And the money is both of yours, and you are not tithing, and you're stealing from him. It's okay if I steal from myself, but it becomes more real when someone that you love, you know, God speaks to you like that. So I told myself, well, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to tithe now. I'm going to tithe consistently with every single paycheck, and that year my salary quadrupled. Um, you know, sometimes we put limitations on God. Because we try to think about it in the natural. Um, that same year, the Lord, I was a uh, commission employee and I got paid every six months. Um, I had a small salary. And um, the Lord said, hey, on your next big commission, I want you to tithe 20%. I said, sure, absolutely. You know, Mark Hankins tithes 30%. I can easily tithe 20% on this one, this one check. And then the Lord said, and I want you to give somebody $10,000. And I about choked. I was like, first of all, I'm just now making money. I've been broke for how long? And now I'm finally getting money, and you want me to give it away. And he's like, okay, well, you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to. And I'm like, no, I'll do it. I just, you know, I wanted to do this. I wanted to pay my car off. And I had all these ideas in my mind of what I was going to do with the money. And I go, I, haven't even, I don't even know how much money I'm getting yet. And you're telling me what to do with it. So as it was getting closer, I was thinking more with my natural mind. And I'm trying to crunch the numbers. And I'm like, well, I know because it was based on sales. I know I've sold this much already and it's this and this. I'm just not going to pay my car off. And then I started to get irritated because I'm like, Lord, I've been tithing for six months. You know, um, I'm supposed to be increasing and I want to pay my car off. And the time came and the selling period was over and I was able to do the math and it was more money than I could have ever imagined. And then the devil started getting in my head and he started to try and take my blessing from me. He started to doubt my worth and say, you don't deserve that much money. Are you kidding me? You're making more money than anybody else in the company. They're not going to pay you that. They're going to laugh at you. You don't deserve that. So I started to let the devil get in my head. And it became time for me to meet with the owner of the company at the time. And I was like, all right, I'll settle for this. I'll settle for this. And the Holy Spirit's like, why are you going to settle? Why are you going to settle? He, he gave me something to do. And if God tells you to do something, he's going to make the provision for it to be carried out. Don't have doubt in that. So I sit down and I'm in front of my owner. And um, that weekend I was really anxious. Um, and Zach's like, the money's yours. Why are, what are you worried about? But I get in there, my owner looks at me and he goes, I am so happy to give you this money. You deserve every penny. And I had enough money to tithe 20%, give that person $10,000, pay my car off. And I had more money left over. But if I would have tried to think about it in the natural and crunch all the numbers and all of that, I was really almost limiting the blessing of God. We do that so much. We get in a place like what Zach said where you're comfortable and you put limitations on what God's going to do. I could sit here and say, okay, I'm comfortable. I don't need to stand up in front of people and teach or preach. I don't need to do that. I'm okay just sitting here on Sunday and Wednesday. But where, where is your faith? You have to constantly be pushing to increase your faith and what you're capable of. You know, you have to think 
in the spiritual mind, in the heavenly mind, not in the natural. Um, so you must confess what God says you are. There's a requirement on your part, like what it said in Deuteronomy. Um, in the end, it goes on to say that this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. That is a word that we really need to meditate on right now, especially in the times that we're in. You can't watch the news. You can't get truth in the world. You can't, the news is lying to you. It's clipping pieces of old wars and putting it on there so you think things are happening. You're going to get truth from the Holy Spirit. And if you're not diligently seeking him and you're not giving your heart um, to him, you're going to miss out on certain things. We all know Psalm 91 and Psalm 93 and 103 and all of that and the secret place and all of that. The secret place is in, in the, when you're close enough to hear him and what he's calling you to do. There's things that God has asked people in this church to do. And I know I've prayed and I've said, Lord, what do you want from me? I want more. I want more. And he goes, I've given you things to do, but you haven't listened. He's not going to give you another thing until you listen to that small thing. And that small thing might just be something ridiculous. It was a couple months ago the Lord told me to buy a um, domain. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but he said, you need to buy this domain. Okay, so I bought it. I may never do something with it. He might have just been, you know, seeing that I would be obedient and listen to what that simple thing was that he asked me. But right now, God is conditioning us. He's getting us prepared for something. He's asking all of us to stretch, to, to dig deep, and, and to do what he's asked us to do. So um, there's a requirement on your part, and it can't be something that's just thought. It has to be acted upon and it has to be spoken. Mark Hankins said um, when he was just here that your, your voice is your spiritual address. You need to speak out the things of God and you need to confess them over your life, over your marriage, over your children's life. You can't just think them. One night I woke up and I was in really bad, had really bad pain and I am thinking to myself, I'm healed. I know I'm healed. I hear the same messages you hear every Wednesday and every Sunday. Healing is mine. By his stripes, I'm healed, and I'm thinking it all. And I looked at Zach, and I was like, I think I'm going to drive to the emergency room. I felt like I had a kidney infection or my, you know, appendix ruptured, something. I was in such bad pain. And he looks at me, and he goes, have you prayed? Have you taken authority of the devil? I had been thinking the whole time, but I didn't use my words. I didn't actually speak out. Something so simple that we take for granted because we sit in here all the time and we hear the same message over and over. And I started praying. And the moment that I took authority and started praying and started speaking in tongues, the pain went away. And I, I was ready to drive myself to the hospital. So everything in you, you're equipped. You're equipped for our outreach. God has placed it in you. It says, um, where is it? The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. You have to open your mouth. There's a requirement on your part, and we're all going to do that at this outreach. We're all going to get outside of our comfort zone. We're going to open our mouth, and we're going to speak love. We're going to speak love to these people, and we're going to bring people to the kingdom, and we're going to change lives. Amen. So there, I wasn't expecting to go there, but there is sign-ups outside and online. You need to clarify if you want to sign up on Friday or on Saturday. Um, I think Nikki has more information, but you can, you have to be there a few hours before the event. Um, and this is just the beginning. We're going to do more things like this. So we should all come and we should all really stretch our faith and get outside of our comfort zone. And when you serve together, you build relationships with people, friendships within the church. Um, and you guys all know that this is this is your family. We have an eternity together, so we should get comfortable with one another. So I'm going to pray really quick, and then we'll just dismiss you. Dear Lord, we just love you. We thank you for the time that we've had tonight, Lord. I pray that you would reach into each one of us, that you would stir our spirits to be focused on you, that you would raise your desires in our hearts, Lord, that you would make us bold, 
bold in our faith to bring people to your kingdom, to share and spread your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.